0: Um, Degenerates and Saints Gamblers and Hopers How's it going? My name is Cohen Hughes Um, This is episode 107 Of the Daily Degenerate Podcast I am joined um, I'm in Smyrna, he's in Indiana Or fucking Missouri or something He said, I don't know where the hell Penland is But I ruined it, this is Thomas Penland TP3Bets, one of our preferred guests On this um, podcast, so to speak Yep, Penland in the house Uh, Me and Penland are in a great mood for two reasons. One, the new NBA gambling rule that we're going to get into here in a little bit. But number two, because our two lane green wave covered, not only covered, but covered last night against Houston. It was beautiful to see.
1: Yeah, so actually, I was watching the game and I was, I mean, college football is one of the most frustrating sports to bet on because you just sit there and you watch all the stupidity that just happens on mm-hmm. the field and the coaching. And when you're not, teams not winning, you know, it just, Nothing grinds my gears, honestly, like a nice college football sweat. And I was like, screw this. I'm not even going to watch the game anymore. And I actually was uh, on Xbox chat with one of my buddies while I was watching Thursday night football games. Since I've been stuck out here, I usually you know, chat with somebody or a couple people on Xbox in an Xbox party while we watch the games. And actually, he was, he was like, you know what? I'll keep you updated. I'll let you know what's going on. And, and before you know it too late, it was coming back. And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to watch it next thing you know. I mean, that's probably one of the crazier covers I've had. And after all yeah. the BS, like, losses I've had in in college football, I mean, like, whether it was Florida, you know, running the clock out at the end of that game last week where they just took off for a, for a 80-yard end-around on third down and 11 when there was, like, 30 seconds left, or whether it was Northwestern snapping the ball over the quarterback's head to not, not cover, you know, I deserved that one, and it felt damn good to get it.
0: Yeah, um, I was trying to – you could tell in our group chat, the Vegas Always Knows group chat, that, that a bunch of like, your frat buddies, a bunch of our gambling buddies are in. They were almost trying to throw shade because I came out with the two lane, yeah, lock two lane, lock it in a night. And then you had to come in and give us some numbers because, you know, uh, Danforth and all them were, were about to ha- start hating. You know, and someone said, Penland, why, why are you so high on two lane tonight? And then you said it and then guess what? We spoke it into fucking existence. The two lane green wave on Thursday night ESPN and the blue on blue combo, the olive green kind of trim, badass helmets, badass unis. Um, I I really truly did think that they were gonna go to O T right there. I didn't I thought the victory formation was just, you know, imminent, just kinda knee it out and let's play for let's play for turns, but our man Willie Fritz had to come through for us. Um, there, there was a lot of bad tackling and a lot of bad coverage on that last play. But, um, hey, we'll take it any day of the week. Because like you said, to me, college football and baseball are the two, not just hardest, the hardest is one of the worst, but the most frustrating sports to bet on. Just because you're sitting here wondering why Arkansas Pine, Pine Bluff doesn't have a better DBs coach and why can't they, they, they cover against, you know, Alon or, you know, whoever the hell it is.
1: Yeah, or you know, you're sitting there and you just like there. I remember there was a play in the game yesterday when uh, Houston ran like a little misdirection, and the DB just
0: took the worst route. Worst route. I remember Mm -hmm.
1: make attack. Yeah,
0: he he had him four yards behind the line of scrimmage, and then and then he went to the one on that one.
1: Yeah, and then or like when De'Ara King on a third down and fifteen decides to pull the ball down to run and breaks a tackle somehow from your defensive tackle and just takes off for forty yards. I mean. At that point, I was just like, they're never going to stop him tonight. I couldn't believe it, honestly. Me,
0: me neither. Um, Dana Sim Hol- his team are, are always known to falter in the second half, and uh, this is what Houston gets. This is what they paid for so they're going to get it. Um, Houston played, I mean, well last night until the middle of the third quarter, and then everything kind of started falling off the bus. And they had – me personally, I would have went for it on that, you know, fourth and a little bit less than five at the end of the game for Houston. I would have tried to score the touchdown to win, you know, because – the momentum shift was so big if you're an unbiased watcher, Tulane had all the momentum going into the last possession and into overtime. So if I was Houston, I would have tried to put the nail in the coffin right there, but they didn't. Tulane got the nice cover. It was big on ESPN and Sports Center and CBS and all that last night. Stu Finer, I mean that that was his best bet. So you know he was fucking happy. You know the pool temperature was at 89 degrees last night for Stu Finer like it was it, it last night was a good night for football. Um, The Thursday night football game wasn't all that great, but we covered. um, Of course, anyone. Who did you take? Did you take Jacksonville? Yeah, of course I did, my man. They weren't going to start 0-3. Look, I I agree.
1: I was was so mad at myself. I was on Jacksonville all day, and then finally. Talk yourself into. uh, When I looked at the algorithms and I looked at, you know, I just looked at a lot of things, and I was like, all right, you know what, I guess I can get behind it. I don't know. Like, I just had a feeling the Jags, but. I couldn't – you know, I, I I basically talked myself out of taking yeah. the Jags, which is stupid. I should have bet it when I woke up in the morning like I knew I should have, so I didn't do that to myself. But the under was my max bet now, 6-1 on NFL max bets. Mm-hmm. Haven't lost one since uh, week one, so –
0: What was it? What was the loss week good?
1: one? Um, shoot. Whoa. Oh, the Steelers. They got absolutely yeah. – they got a train ramp. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean that – uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the heat on that one, honestly. That was a stupid one to make a max bet because kind of sucks because that was one of the only, like, two bets I lost that week. But, see, I, I'll, I like to have a lot of, like, trends and things that back me on my max bets, and mm-hmm. I just didn't really have any trends going my way. That was more so just a, you know, Steelers will come out firing, it's too many points kind of thing, and didn't really work out for me. But, you know, like, that under was a lot. Even when the Jags went up 14-0, I had people text me, they're like, dude, like, you really thought the under was be that good at thirty nine? Like I told you I was. I was like, bro, I'm like, it's raining right now. We yep. have Marcus Mariota playing quarterback. We'll yep. be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and hey, I, something I want to talk about though from that game, there's two things I actually think are good talking points from that game last night. Real quick here, I love what I've seen from Gardner Minshew so far. Mm-hmm. You know, he's come in here, he's had fun, he's kind of been himself. You know, he hasn't been scared of the moment or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And honestly. He's a really talented thrower and player. You know, Mike Leach got this guy ready for the NFL. I mean, Mike Leach really hasn't had any kind of NFL quarterbacks yet, and I think he might be the best one. You know, Minshew's got a strong arm. He's accurate. I mean, he's putting balls on the money. D.D. Westbrook cost him two touchdown passes last night. And, you know, I think he's I think he's real talented. What do you think?
0: Um, I love Gardner Minshew. I've, uh, I've known about Gardner Minshew ever since he's been at East Carolina because they played Tulane, you know, once a year. And he was there for, I think, what, two years. He went to community college. Another small school in East Carolina for two years, then grad transferred to Washington State, and I, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, this, as much as I love Mike Leach, this really isn't Mike Leach's guy. He had him for a year, you know. Like, of course, he instilled you know the air raid offense into his head and kind of works out some of the kinks. But I think Armistu would, would, would have been that talented no matter who the coach was. Of course, it doesn't hurt that it's Mike Leach. Of course, that doesn't hurt the system that he's in. Yeah, you know, Saban wanted him, right? Saban was trying to get him to come to Bama. I I saw he actually went on a, an official visit to Bama through one of the graphics last night on the TV. And um, Buddy's a nut, dude. Buddy's an absolute nut case. I love it. He's playing with house money right now, which is good for him because it doesn't, even though the results the last two games, barring last night, ha- hadn't been great for the Jags in, in total, Minshew has been the one shining bright spot of that. So I think that he's really good. I think that there is no shot that if Nick Foles comes back, that it's still not Gardner Minshew's job. I think it was humongously stupid to sign Nick Foles in the first place. Gardner Minshew's proven me right. Draft somebody, throw him out there, see what happens. I love Gardner Minshew to death. Um, he is he is my new favorite player like in the NFL so far this year.
1: Um, I, would, I would also argue, though, in return, the Jags would probably be undefeated or at least two and one if they had had Nick Foles all season long but you know I like having Minshew Mm. in there you know I kind of agree with you I think it is kind of Minch I mean there's still a lot of football left obviously I don't want to jump to conclusions too much but I like the small sample size we've seen I like what I see out of Minshew I want to see how he's playing though two or three weeks from now when there's more fill and stuff on him but the other talking point from the other side of things is Marcus Mariota will still be the starting quarterbacks for the Titans last after his performance last night and you know, it's kind of weird for me with Mariota. I didn't think of him as much of a runner when he was in college. I thought of him as more of a passer, he, but he wasn't in, much of a runner. In the, in it, yeah, in the NFL it's the exact opposite for him, but you know, I give I think Mariota, you know, he's had he's had five different offensive coordinators, which kind of is a very tough thing for a quarterback to change with. And mm-hmm. I was never that high on him when he came out of college either. I didn't think he'd be that great. I would still stick with Mariota though. I think he could win games for you. He's just got to be able to stay healthy running the ball. I mean, it was raining last night. I mean, he had that unfortunate tip on that one pass where he had Walker. But, yeah. I mean, he's not a great passer, but I think he's better than some of the other guys. I was sure. about to
0: say, I don't think he's as bad as people are giving him credit for. I think Mariota's is a fine NFL quarterback. Um, I don't necessarily think he's the beast. He's like kind of like you said. I don't think, I'm not humongously high on him. Um, I think it is a little bit frustrating, like you said, to have so many different coaches and coordinators and systems kind of go through. And I also think it's kind of frustrating that Corey Davis – is your number one receiver like? Can we actually get some real weapons in Tennessee for my man? I mean, I know Delaney Walker's yeah. all good and all and everything, and Derek Henry should take pace away from the the pass attack. You know, should kind of two two pronged head attack. But God Almighty, it's him, Eric Weems, Adam Hump. You know, they're just not getting it done. Like it's they're they can't get open enough.
1: I like A.K. Brown, the rookie from Ole Miss. And mm-hmm. here's your friendly reminder, though, that Corey Davis was the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft when he came out. That was a waste, Boom. although he did have that nice. That one-handed snag last night was was pretty tough. But yeah, no, that, he,
0: he's good. He, he, he should just be a number two or three option in a highly functioning offense. You know, like mm-hmm. that, their offense doesn't run balls to the wall. They're not really high-throttled. They don't put the ball in the air enough in a row
1: to yeah, kind of pace now. him
0: open. No. Scoring, scoring and seven points. You, you have to find like a new identity or something. You know, like
1: also though too, they have Taylor Lewan out their left tackle, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'd say he's honestly probably top three offensive linemen in the NFL. So I yeah, think he's probably I'd the best better. player
0: on their team. Talent, wise yeah.
1: Mariota was, I mean, what's his? Calais Campbell, absolutely. I mean, he, he dominated last that night game last night. He, ma- he made the Titans his bitch last night, but. Yep. I say we get down to it, Cohen. We've probably already wasted 20 minutes just talking. Nah, nah, no,
0: no, no. Only 10. We're, we're good today. We are we have some urgency oh, today. God. So before we get into some real NFL talk, before we get into the real meat and potatoes, um, me and you were really excited this week. I, me and you got the notification for it early, earlier in the week. But um, the new NBA gambling rule will greatly, greatly, greatly benefit guys like us who put money on games at game time and kind of see how the lines are moving and kind of Wait, because me and you are late-term betters. I don't. I'm kind of like you. I don't, I don't. I don't like to wake up and take the first line that I see. I like to kind of wait and see how it moves throughout the day, see where public goes, see how actually much the spread moves in what direction. But from now on, this next upcoming season, all NBA lineups are required to be submitted 30 minutes before tip-off for quote unquote. This is the word I saw. Gambling transparency. So it's good we're not gonna you know hammer Jazz moneyline tomorrow night and then oh next thing you know Rudy Gobert's out we'll we'll be able to see that a half hour before time we're not gonna get burned by a James Harden rest game where oh he took the night off in Phoenix you know we'll James know Harden that now before well you know what I mean idiot you know like you mean LeBron yeah LeBron um, R Dubs um, Kawhi Paul George is a big rester. But now that's no more. We will see the lineups in their full capacity half hour before game time. So you DraftKings players, you DraftKings players probably probably benefit from this the most because there are a lot of players on DraftKings where it'll say questionable or playing, and the next thing you know they're out at game time. So this will benefit them a lot. I really love it for us. I mean, you're real excited about it. I can't wait for NBA season because my team made you know hell improvements in the offseason. I know you can't either because you just signed um, the goat Typo Cephalosha, today.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Vince Carter for the Hawks, but no, I did see they got Tabo. <laughs> I, I thought that was a great pickup for the Rockets, great two-way player. But um, yeah, you know, this is honestly the best news I've gotten in a long time, was, yeah. uh, seeing they made this decision. I mean, like Cohen said, you know, with the NBA, no matter how sure I am, you always have to wait a little bit until the... So usually at 2 o'clock, the like, first kind of report comes out of who could potentially be resting that night, who's got what injury. You know, that's when the first report breaks. I usually don't do anything until about... Once I... At 2 o'clock... That's usually when I first start checking to see what I like and what I want to bet on. But if I see, like, a good team that's having a good season is playing a team that's trash early in the day. Like, for example, like, the, I remember this one specifically, the Warriors versus the Mavs. I'll go, if I know I want to take an over-under on a game, I'll go ahead and slam the under because I saw that. And the next thing you know, Doncic is out. Uh, Kevin Durant's out. Curry's out. You know, they just start ruling all these players out for the team. More so on totals, I like to hop on them early because mo- honestly, in the NBA, I probably bet an over like maybe ten times during the season. Un- it's to me, it's an unders league. You know, you got to yeah. know who, what the good defensive. It's all about the unders in basketball, no overs. I don't. I mean, I'm not a big fan of betting the overs, but yeah, it's it's big news. Honestly, I'm, is. I'm glad for, it. And I think it's better for the NBA.
0: Me too. I think that even if you don't talk about gambling, I think it's a good move for people who do, who uh, like our buddies at. The sports talk ATL who do blogs who do game previews who do projections I think it's better for everybody that just have a set lineup that gets released at the same time for every team because MLB has to do that they have, they have to submit their lineups I think 30 45 minutes before first pitch to you know to kind of get all their numbers in but um I'm with you I love it it'll it'll and it, even even from like my personal life Utah jazz I, I like seeing who's starting tonight that like not on the TV now I like having a phone notification like oh Hmm, Ingles gets to start tonight. You know, I, I don't like having to wait and figure out when I turn on ESPN. But um, big news today in the NFL. We'll get to a bunch of our NFL talk right now. Um, Antonio Brown has been cut from the New England Patriots after two games being on the team, one game playing on the team. Um, had a great game last week. I mean, eight, really good. I mean, you know he's him and Tom are pretty good together. And the explanation that I had pulled from offline and from the TV stations was, it wasn't because of the rape allegation. It was because he did not cease communications with her after the team said, Hey, quit poking the bear, you know, let your lawyers deal with it. He just kept texting her and texting her and trying to get, get, get her to settle out of court and kind of do all that extra stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, I didn't do too much digging into as of why he got cut uh, because I was working at the time when it happened. Mm. But I did see basically that he got cut. You know, I kind of want to – before I make any judgments on AB or anything like that, I kind of want to wait and see like all the information to come out. I don't really want to jump to conclusions. I personally am a – was a big Antonio Brown fan. I mean – I hate the Patriots from the bottom of my heart, so I really can't pull for anyone who plays for their team. But now that he's yeah. not on their team, I could definitely wrap my head around pulling for some Antonio Brown again. Um, I think more so, my biggest question is will he play for another team this season? I was about to ask you absolutely. the same thing. You, th- you think so? I say it. I think absolutely. You know, I mean, Vegas got the odds at plus 200. You know, Vegas always knows, but on top of that, i don't see why you wouldn't i mean if i could go ahead and get antonio brown now when the rest of the rest of the league doesn't really want him you know it's one of those buy low sell high kind of things i'd be more than happy to go out and sign antonio brown to a two or three year deal i shoot i'd give him two or three deal and guaranteeing a good bit of money and just end up eating it on the back end because if he's able to play i mean whoo like imagine if you could pair him with kyler murray kyler running around with his legs letting antonio brown get open back there i mean whoo that would be
0: unreal if I was a betting man, um, I would probably say he he will play again this year. Um, I don't think it's going to be as hot and heavy like you say. I think it's going to be a one year, rest of the year kind of prove it deal. Kind of let's make sure you can actually show up to practice and not you know go go wild on Instagram and not start doing all that crazy shit. Um, if you walked, not even name a team. If you walked up and told me, hey Antonio Brown wants to play 14 games for your team for two million dollars, I would take that a hundred times out of a hundred. Even with what I've seen this year with the Raiders and the and the Patriots, he didn't really mess around on on the Patriots that much. His 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 real monkey business, so to speak, was was with the Raiders, and I think that's because he he wanted out. He realized how bad Derek Carr was. He he was tired of getting underthrown four, four yards per route every practice. Um, but let's say that a team like Arizona, a team like Cincinnati, who's missing AJ Green, a team like. I was about to say Pittsburgh, but I forgot he already played there. Um, but let's say that a desperate team really needs somebody. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities at all for him to join tomorrow. You know, like he he's probably getting some calls right now.
1: Yeah, you know, I could see him even being a contender that goes in and picks him up. You know, like I think AB can, you know, I think he's. Easily top five receiver in the league. I think that he fits well with any team. You know, he's a hard worker. He might do some dumb shit off the field. I was about to say, he's a
0: hard worker when he's when he's on, in football mode. But when he's not, he does enough stuff that's catastrophic to a situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely agree with you that. I mean, it's just crazy. It feels like this Antonio Brown saga is unending. Just when you think that, like, Finally, all the information news have kind of slowed down. Then, boom! This kind of pops in. You know, it's like it's like one thing after another. It never I stops.
0: I know it's uh, which hell, it makes sense. The NFL is the best reality show on TV. This is why we watch every Sunday, Thursday, and Monday, because to see stuff yeah. like this and see developments. And plus,
1: I think the NFL needs Antonio Brown out there playing. I mean, I think the NFL has lost a lot of what it used to have to the NBA because the NBA has more star power. You know, it's oh, more the. There's more of um a platform, if if so, if so to say, you know, the, like the NBA players can build themselves like yeah. with, through shoes, through Instagram, through mm-hmm. Twitter, you know, like all these NBA, but there's so much more ways for NBA players to build themselves, not only as a player, but as like an icon, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like the NFL really lacks that outside of like Odell. I feel like Odell and Antonio Brown were the closest things, you know, to to, M- to NBA players in the NFL, you know, and that have that kind of personality. So I think the NFL for its brand, honestly, needs Antonio Brown out there. I think, I mean, He's definitely bringing him some bad publicity but I mean hey you know what they any say any publicity no is bad nope.
0: publicity any publicity is good publicity because
1: because exactly. because no matter
0: what he does people are going to tune in to see if he plays or if he doesn't play if he fucks it up or if he doesn't fuck it up you know like we need these storylines for Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Fridays to get us to the weekend to kind of appetize our, our 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 watching you know ability I I 100% agree I think that the NFL needs Antonio Brown um I think that he will play again in the NFL. I'm not quite sure if it'll be this year. I think he might take a sabbatical. Or isn't that what it's called? Like when, a, when somebody has like a lot of shit going on, they just kind of get out for a few months. I think he might take a sabbatical for a little bit. But um, I do think he'll play again. I think he'll be successful in, in the league again. I don't wish any bad on him. I just think he's a dummy, you know? Yeah,
1: no, I, lo- I like Antonio Brown. Like I said to you when we were off – actually, I don't know if I said it while we were on air. Or while, actually, yeah, I did say it while we were on air. I'm an Antonio Brown fan. Mm-hmm. And I like him, and I want to see him in the league. Yeah, I've got Antonio Brown Steelers jersey in my closet. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I'm with A.B.
0: Well, for, for now, business is not booming, and Mr. Big Chest is not Mr. Big Check anymore. But we will see what happens in the upcoming weeks and the upcoming days. Um, I think he, he could do the contender thing. because in, in, What's the deadline to sign? Is it 10 or 11 or 12, week 10? Week 11, week 12? I've ne- I've me neither, no idea me neither. The the NFL transaction schedule is so weird, but you can't pinpoint that. Um, outside of that, um, we, we had a few developments in terms of injuries today. Cam Newton will not play against the Cardinals. They're going to throw Kyle Allen out there. And um, this is a question that I'm going to pose to you, and it, this isn't meant to be read too much into. This is a, you're the, you're the GM, you're trying to win Sunday's football game. This isn't a media thing, this isn't a team brand thing, this is a, we are desperate for a win, and and we need one. If you're the Panthers, do you call Kaepernick? Do you trade for Eli Manning? Do you do you try to bring in outside help to try to secure a, a, a win for a few weeks while while your guys on the on the bump?
1: Um, you know. I personally think the Panthers are making the right move here first off of sitting, of sitting uh, Cam Newton. Me too, me too, 100%. Cam Newton is a, is a runner first and not a passer, and when he can't run the football, he's completely ineffective. So I think resting him and letting him get healthy is the right move here. But honestly, I mean, if I were the Panthers, I would give Kaepernick a call. I mean, I'd give any of those guys um, – I wouldn't – I don't know if I'd trade for Eli Manning. Personally, look, I think Eli Manning is like the is like winning the lottery, you know, like – I, I think Eli Manning sucks balls, honestly. You look Man. at his numbers and you compare them, Eli Manning's pretty much just a game manager. I don't want to yep. say sucks balls, but I yeah. think he's just a game manager. Like, I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. special to Eli Manning. I have never nope. thought he's that good a quarterback. I think he might be – I think he's overrated, and I think that he's overhyped. And I just I, – I don't think Eli Manning's good. Let's put that way. I think he's a game manager, and that's it. I don't think he can do anything special for you at the quarterback position. I wouldn't. I actually like Will Greer a lot. I guess they don't think Will Greer is ready. I mean, actually, I wouldn't say I like him a lot, but I think he could be decent quarterback.
0: I like him better you know, than I Kyle was, Allen.
1: I liked Kyle Allen when he was at Houston and Texas A&M. I thought he was good, but, you know, I, I, feel, I wanted to see Greer get in there. But, you know, I definitely think giving Kaepernick a call wouldn't be a stupid move by the Panthers. I think he can mimic a lot of what they do with Cam Newton.
0: And this is, this is just a kind of social dummy kind of point, but they've, they've already kind of tested the waters with the kneeling thing on Eric Reed. They brought him in with little to no bad consequence. He's been one of their better defensive players over the past year and a half. Um, I, I'm i with you. I think um, that the dust has kind of settled on the whole kneeling thing. Now that there has been positive progress made by the players' union, by the owners, by the players, and the teams specifically, I think that it's no longer a, a catastrophe to bring in a guy like that. Um, I don't think... Kaepernick is your savior. I don't think that he's, you know, the the answer to be all end all to quarterbacks. But I think that for a desperate team like Pittsburgh, like Carolina, like maybe even I mean the Jets, there's enough reason to bring him in instead of starting Kyle Allen or Trevor Simeon. You know, like you're, the their ceiling is obviously seen. You know what their you know what their top game is. Kaepernick's Brought his team to the Super Bowl before with not that much talent. He, no matter if he, if, if for better or worse, he's a electric player who can, in a in a bad or good way, can give his team a spark. Um, I'll put it to you like uh, Pete Carroll put it to us: Colin Kaepernick is not a backup. If you bring him in as a backup, you only hurt your team because you're keeping the more talented guy on the bench and you're creating waves where there shouldn't be any. I think that there's a select. Four or five, six teams in the NFL right now that are entering desperation mode as the season kind of goes along, and I think that it would greatly behoove them to bring in Kaepernick just to kind of right the ship. Well, not even right the ship's not, not not the right phrase. To get you to Week Eight when Cam Newton's gonna be healthy. Same thing with maybe the Saints. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a very good game manager. I like Teddy Bridgewater as a player personally. I don't think the Saints' system plays into his hands. And I also don't think – on the other side, I don't think that Taysom Hill is uh, 80 down a game quarterback. I think he's good for the gimmick plays. I don't think that he could he, he could start a whole game and win it. So I think that for a team like the Saints who is really, really desperate right now, I think that he would be great for the Saints.
1: Um, I actually going to disagree with you on the, your take on Teddy Bridgewater. See, I think Teddy Bridgewater does a lot of um, – like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is – he's more of a short thrower. Drew Brees yeah. really doesn't have that long – that strong mm. arm like he used Never to. You know, he doesn't really throw down on the field like he used to. He, mm. and the Saints are a run-first team now, quite frankly. They like to power-run the ball like they did with Ingram and uh, Kamara, and now they do it with Kamara and, you know, Latavius Murray. I personally think the Saints are better off – you know, I i think that they're I, – I wouldn't say better off, but I think that – I think Teddy Bridgewater can execute well in his offense, although I didn't like what I saw from him. Like, I not really felt week. like they'd hold the ball too long, trying to only mm-hmm. throw to wide open people. But that's mm-hmm. also kind of him being thrown in, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, though, it's stupid for them to say that they're going to share time between him and Taysom Hill, not necessarily because I just like the fact that they're going to run those gimmick plays with Taysom Hill. But I feel like it kind of hurts his confidence by them saying, we're not confident enough in you to run the offense mm-hmm. At by yourself, so we're going to work Taysom Hill in there, too. But I definitely don't hate Sean Payton's game plan here, and I think that they can still remain competitive. Look, regardless, I think the Saints will remain competitive while Drew Brees is out, but ultimately, it's going to be an uphill battle to get in the playoffs once he comes back, because they're going to be below 500 or right at 500 when he gets back. And so as, soon, have to and as soon
0: as he gets back, those division games start. They don't play a single division game I until he'll I'm get standing.
1: back. Exactly, he's going to be thrown into the fire. So you know, I'm. I I took the Saints to miss the playoffs, and I stick with
0: it. Um, I I agree with with like a lot of what you said. I think Teddy Bridgewater's best situation was was his starting job in in, in Minnesota. They were more of a um definitive running team. They had. They're built from the inside out. I think that's that's his best situation. I think that's, that was probably the best we'll see of Teddy B. I love Teddy B personally, but I think that the Saints rely on those get the ball out quick, get the ball out quick, real – and he's not as accurate as Drew Brees. I think that if you were to tell me, would you be better off with the combination of Bridgewater and, and, and Hill or would you be better off with Kaepernick, I think you're three times better off with Kaepernick. I think that now you're hoping for a two-and-four stretch. Until until Breeze gets back, and then mm-hmm. and they, but but with Kaepernick you can you can you can pretty much bank on being five hundred.
1: Yeah, uh, I think Bridgewater's better than Kaepernick personally. I don't think hey. Kaepernick's horrible, but I think Bridgewater's better. I mean, Bridgewater did take the Vikings to the playoffs. He when He was playing.
0: Yeah, um, that that team took took the Vikings to the playoffs. Bridgewater, he's kind of the same thing with Eli Manning. He doesn't do anything great. He's a good game manager. He's accurate enough. Doesn't have a lot of turnovers. Doesn't look for interceptions. I think Teddy Bridgewater's a very good quarterback, not in this situation. Um, but as we digress, my official opinion is: is the three or four or five desperate teams right now? Saints probably being the most desperate because they have the most to lose by not making the playoffs. I give give Kaepernick a call. He, he I'm not going to say he deserves it because nobody deserves anything. But I think he's a, he's a little bit better than what you got going right now um i know another big injury bug that that we're going on right now is uh the eagles receivers against the lions you said that you took the lions what what would you say plus five or six or whatever
1: i got them at plus six i apparently it went down to plus five five and five and a half it opened opened at seven and a half so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of money coming in but yeah you know i just think the eagles i mean they took that day off from practicing um you know, I just feel like, man, the Eagles. This is a rough spot for them. You know, they got like, they were really beat up here. I mean, I think. I mean, trust me, if any team can bounce back from injuries, it's the Eagles. Eagles. Like, I think the Eagles will still win this game. But also have a trend going here in the fa- in their favor. Um, teams that that play at home the following week after rushing for less than fifty yards, weeks two through four, are two and seventeen against the spread. And Jeez. one of those would be the Eagles. The Falcons absolutely just shut down their offense. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not just saying I'm betting it because of that. I think it's a great spot with all these people out. I think the Lions can throw the ball over the field, and I think they can keep this game close. And honestly, I think the Lions still cover it five and a half or five. I would take them.
0: All right, so as of right now, Corey Clement will be out. Deshaun Jackson will be out. Tim Jernigan will be out. Um, Jordan Maitala will be out. Um, I'm pretty sure Camier Grugier-Hill is going to be out. Dallas Goddard is doubtful right now, and so is Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I think that's a humongous hit to their offense. They're going to be missing two offensive linemen, uh, tight end, and then two wide receivers. In, in my Zach opinion. Ertz is banged up too. Yeah, Zach Ertz is banged up, but he he will go though. Um, Nelson Aguilar is probably going to be your your number one next to JJ Arcega-Whiteside. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. God, if if the Lions win this game, it's like this is this is a tough game to pick. This is honestly a a, a pick at this point. I think I think the I say, keep going. I think the 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 six five four points is going to be too much. I think this is going to be a closer game than, than anyone thinks. I think the Eagles are that beat up.
1: Yeah, I say like 24-23
0: Philadelphia. I think mm-hmm. it's something like that. You know, 100%. like I mean, Philadelphia can play through injuries. I mean, shit, we saw
1: them win a Super Bowl. And, yeah, it, and it and it they're deep as hell.
0: Play. Yeah, I was about to say that people, last year. This is this is my gripe with Falcons fans is the year that we were hurt last year and that the Eagles won the Super Bowl the previous year being as hurt, or in my opinion, more. Missing your starting quarterback, missing your center for a long period of time, missing your best two defensive tackles. You know, like, they were banged the hell up. And they, next man up, no excuses, you know? We don't, they have more depth than almost any other team in the NFL. I think the Eagles are still probably going to win this game, but I I agree with what you said. It's going to be a one-two point game.
1: Yeah, no, it'll, it'll be a good game. I would not be shocked to see Detroit win this thing outright. But 100%. ultimately, I think Philadelphia will get it done. Um, uh, what do we got next
0: on the slate? Damien Williams is out versus the Ravens. Um, I know that impacts my fantasy lineup. I had to go out and hit the, hit the waiver wire, Same. because I didn't really like <clears throat> my, my backup running backs. Um, I think I, I ended up putting Frank Gore at the flex, which I'm not too happy about. But they are playing Cincinnati, like he, who, who is the worst against the run in, in the NFL. Um I had to choose between him and Rex Burkhead and Terry McLaurin and Terry McLaurin's a cool story so far I just don't think he's going to, you know, have lasting success with Case Keenum as the quarterback and plus they're playing a pretty tough pass defense in Chicago. Um I think the Chiefs will still win this game pretty 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 handedly. I don't think it's going to be a humongous problem for them. Um the Ravens are really good but you know they're going to have to fall down off that pedestal sometime with Lamar Jackson with almost perfect quarterback rating. Um, I think this is a game that the Chiefs will still win by the line right here that I have is five and a half. Um, I'd buy the Ravens plus five and a half if I could. Let's see what it is right now. Oh, it's six and a half now. Wow, it floated. So, yeah, so my play on that one's Ravens six yeah, and I a have,
1: half. I have Ravens plus six and a half. It's not a max bet. It's just a regular bet for me, but. Yeah, I'm on the Ravens plus six and a half. I think the Ravens will slow the game down. They'll run mm-hmm. the ball yeah. a lot. Kansas, I mean, Kansas City's defense is atrocious. I mean, Oakland yeah. was up 10 and I had an Oakland plus eight ticket in my back pocket. Yeah. Next time I check the score, shit, it's 28-10, to and that ticket's as good as worthless, you know. Mm-hmm. I hate betting against Mahomes for the third week in a row as I've been burned twice, and if I lose yeah. this week, you know what they say, three strikes and you're out, I will, you know, I'm never going to Mahomes game. I think it's a good spot here for the Ravens, I mean. They had him beat last year and then Pat Mahomes threw that crazy pass where he threw across his body and hit Ty yeah. Tyreek Hill on the run on that fourth mm-hmm. down. Yeah. You know, I mean, this guy's a magician, but I he think is. I think Baltimore will run the ball, take the clock down, bad defense. I I think they'll I think it'll be a good game, but ultimately I think they'll cover.
0: Um, just as Falcons fans, right quick, um, what are you thinking about this, this game Sunday in Indianapolis? We are I one point dogs be, right now.
1: Yeah, I will be in attendance at this game in Indianapolis. Oh yeah, oh yeah,
0: because you're in Indiana, aren't you? Yeah, I
1: am. I'm am going to the game. Nice. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm going to uh, ask Colts fans how they think Andrew Luck's going to do this Sunday. <laughs> um, <laughs> Got to throw a little shade at him. God. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be – a I think it'll be a good game. Look, the Falcons, I saw a stat that when we score over – here, I'll keep talking while I kind of try to pull the stat up here mm. – but basically, <laughs> I think it comes down to Matt Ryan and the offensive line. The offensive line gives Matt Ryan time. I think we'll pick them apart. I also did see Darius Leonard is in concussion protocol. He,
0: he will not play. Oh, he's out? He's out. Uh, that's huge.
1: I, lo- I That makes me love the Falcons even more. I had the mm-hmm. Falcons to begin with. I will keep in mind, I'm not betting this game because I'm extremely biased. I know. But when the Falcons score 21 or less points away, they're 2-19 against the spread. When they score 22 or more, they're 32-8-2 against the spread. Oh, God. So basically, night and day for the Falcons if they can score – Um, I think the Falcons will move the ball up and down the field on the Colts, especially with Darius Leonard out. I mean, he's a beast. I think he's one of the best linebackers in the league. Um, I think we have this offense humming and we're confident right now. Last time we were in Indianapolis, I'll never forget first play. We've three like a a play action pass. Yeah. You remember it. Ryan to Julio Mm -hmm. first play of the game for like an 80 yard touchdown. He had two of those that game, two tutties. Yeah. I'd love to see the same thing. Once again, that game was eight years ago. It's incredible. Hard to believe in that game. yeah, it's incredible, but. I like the Falcons here. I mean, it's Jacoby Brissett, guys. I mean, I don't think Brissett's terrible, but I think the Falcons should get this one done on the road. And I actually was happy the Colts won last week because I probably would have hated this spot for us. Me for too. a team that's coming home for the home opener. I know what o- you're saying, two, and, 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 like and I love that
0: take. I, it's it's all about trends, and, and you have to think about the NFL season sometimes in groups of four. And I think if the fact that the Colts won last week means they're going to drop this one to us. I think it is kind of disrespectful that uh, the Falcons are dogs in this game. Even though I'm like one of the lowest people on the Falcons ever, I'm not that much higher on the Colts. I think this, this at, at open, I think it should have been a straight pick em instead of the two or three points the Colts got o- off the rip. Um, I think the Falcons will win this game by a full touchdown.
1: Yeah, I think the Falcons win this game probably – you know, I, 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 I'm going to go Falcons –
0: I'm gonna go twenty-eight, twenty-three,
1: dirty birds, baby. Birds,
0: baby, love to see it.
1: Um, yeah.
0: let's see who else we got. That's that's it for oh, Hunter Henry's out for the Niners. Um, you mean for the Chargers? Chargers, yeah. Fucking all the California teams. I can't. Yeah, take
1: it actually, I bet against the Chargers again this week. The Texans plus three and a half, the Jets plus twenty-two, and the Lions plus plus uh six are my max bets this week for NFL. And oh, and also the under and the uh. Cowboys Dolphins game those are my max bets for the week but um what I was going to say about this game is that there's cluster injuries on the offensive line and there are, the Chargers offensive line was already ranked 29th in by pro football focus so it's not a very good group and they're missing two offensive linemen and then on top of that there's cluster injuries in the secondary I love the Texans in this spot I think Deshaun Watson will rip them apart through the air at plus we're getting three and a half points I think it might be at three now but catching three and a half points I love this spot I'm on the Texans
0: I'm going to play Texans Moneyline at plus 150. Um, I like I, I like the build of the Chargers. I I, I I like Phillip Rivers. I like the whole thing they got going on. I just don't think they're one of those. I think they're like, they're like the L.A. Clippers of the NFL. I just think, that, yeah, they're a good team. They'll win some games, but they they don't scare you at all. You see what I'm saying? like There's nothing that really puts them that much further apart than any, than any other regular team, you know? Um, I'm going to play Houston. I think this is going to be a big year for Houston. I think that Bill O'Brien is going to save his job. I think he did a lot of that. Um, even being in that game against the Saints, and I think he did a lot of that winning last week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely playing Texas Moneyline at plus 150. Love it, love it. Um, let's see. I have I had one more game I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, Rams at Browns. Rams are only minus three. I understand the Browns won last week. Um, I don't know if they're within three points of the Rams. Um, I know Higby's out, and uh, I think Austin Blythe will probably not play. I think I saw a report today that he's like doubtful, but uh, it's like a hopeful doubtful. Like It's more of a questionable than a doubtful. Um, I still think that the Rams, now that they're kind of done doing the walkthroughs and they kind of got everybody's feet, feet back wet, I think they're going to win this game by about seven points. Rams minus three is my play on this game.
1: Um, yesterday on my podcast, I actually did take the Browns plus the points, but injury report came out today with a lot of players.
0: Yeah, A laundry downs, list.
1: Like Ward. Yeah, it was a laundry list and it was mm-hmm. not good. They're on a short week here. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if the Browns are ready for primetime yet with this Me team. Neither. I'm actually going to lean towards the Rams now in this game. I mean, I play every primetime game. It's a personal rule. You have I to. think if you're going to put bets out on Twitter and stuff like that, you have to bet every primetime mm-hmm. game whether it's a prop or an actual bet. So I will have a play in this game, and I'm probably going to take the Rams now after seeing these cluster injuries cross the way. Plus Brown's offensive line's trash, and they got Aaron Donald. So I'm good.
0: Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald uh, is kind of banged up. He will play in this game. I saw that he was a full participant at practice today. The last few days he's kind of cool. been on the, on the sideline doing individual workouts. Um All right, I'll tell you just just before we wrap up NFL uh, some bets that I just kind of – off the top of my head that I like. Uh, Packers minus 7.5. I think the Packers are now kind of going to start getting in there and kind of start really making a name for themselves and kind of actually establishing this new offensive system and the defense will get more, you know, kind of comfortable with with each other. I think the Broncos are atrocious. I absolutely hate the fact that they – Went with Flacco. I think that's just embarrassing. Like the fact that Kaepernick can't get a job and Flacco can is just awful. Um, I like Flacco still. Eh, fuck you. I love Packers Bro, he minus has no seven offensive
1: and line Yeah, but unfortunately, he... I've watched him play his last two games. He's unmobile and has no offensive line. But when he actually gets to stand in there and find a receiver, he
0: actually kind of picks teams apart a little bit. Mm. Um, I'm not quite sure if I'd, I I'm I'm still in love with Philip Lindsay and uh, the rest of those little young guys on the on the. Broncos staff. Um, I think that they have to have the good offensive line to kind of get working, and I think the lack of a two-dimensional football game will play really into the Packers' uh, favor right here. The Packers' defense looked a hell of a lot better to me than I thought they would against the Bears, which the Bears look bad, but um, I, I'm really loving Packers minus 7.5. If you're really scared, um, go buy the full point point to get
1: to 6.5. Yeah, let me say on this game, I actually lean the other way. I'm not playing anything on this game. Mm-hmm. I really... To me, when it's I don't know, I don't I don't believe in the Broncos like that, so I'm not necessarily saying you're wrong, Cohen. Yeah, I just feel like the Packers typically play to their skill level of their opponents. You know, they came off two big wins, beating the Vikings and beating the Bears back to back weeks, divisional opponents. I could see them not taking the 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 line or the uh, Broncos as seriously here. But I mean, I think the defense is for real, and if they can get Joe Flacco, I don't think he'll have much of a chance. I could, I mean, just out. Going off how the Packers have played in the past, I lean with the Broncos here, but I'm not betting anything on this game. I'm staying. I'm staying on the sidelines on this one.
0: I would tend to agree with you that it's not really a trap game, but this is a trap spread. Seven and a half is really scary, and I hate having to buy the whole point and sacrifice forty points of odds just to you know not need it either way. If the I mean, if it's a close game or if you know Vikings, or Packers blow them out. Um, Also,
1: I will say this, though. The Broncos are night and day home, in a way. When the Broncos are at home, Mm -hmm. I love to play on them. And when they're away, I love to fade them. So, Mm -hmm. I definitely don't get their handicap there
0: at all. Yeah. Um, I'm also loving uh, Bills minus six at the Bengals. Um, The Bills money line for the last two weeks has been cash for me. I love Josh Allen. I love their uh, their defensive look. I love the way their team is built from defense down. Um, The Bengals are kind of – a dumpster fire at this point. I think that those best case scenario for Andy Dalton and um, Joe Mixon and, uh, fuck, give me the receiver's name. I, I uh,
1: Tyler Boyd, AJ Green's out. No,
0: no. The um, John Ross. Ross. There you go. I think that was the best case scenario for their first two weeks to be in the, in the NFL's top five and passing and receiving yard leaders. I think now it starts to kind of fall apart. I'm not huge on Zach Taylor at all. Um, Bills are at home. Bills are another great home team. I love Bills minus six in this game.
1: Yeah, you know, Bills Mafia hasn't had a home game yet. They come in here 2-0. and Home openers. Though you know who comes to town next week is the New England Patriots. I could see them getting caught looking ahead here. Ooh. But Devin Singletary is out as well, so they won't have out. that dynamic back, you know, to kind of make plays for them coming out of the backfield. I'm not betting this game personally. I'm sitting the sidelines on this one as well. Um, I, The Bengals' offense looked absolutely awful, and that was their first home game they kind of laid down. I really don't know. It. I honestly have zero clue what I'm going to get out of Cincinnati here. That's why I'm not betting this game. But I mean, you know, I, I, the, just the fact that the Patriots come to town next week and they're 2 0, and you kind of assume this is going to be a win, make them 3 0. I don't know if the Bills are quite ready for that spot yet. That's the only reason why I'm sitting this one out or else. I mean, although I will say this to me, when it comes to betting football, you have key numbers you want to take a favorite, three is a key number because then at least you push on it. You know, if you I goal. love.
0: I, I love that strategy, and yeah, it, and it, and, and I, I'm a pussy. I'll I'll go. I'll buy the half point at two and a half just to just to be safe. You know what so I'm saying? Like I'm I'm bad about that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and then you know at at three and a half, if you're taking a plus three and a half, that's a key cover number the because field goal. win by yeah. You mm-hmm. cover by a field goal. Mm-hmm. Your next key number to me is at seven because then if you're taking a dog. Seven six and seven because technically, if you win in overtime, the game's over at because, six. Yeah, cause so that's the field a key number because you can push, yeah, because you can push at that number. Mm-hmm. And then seven is as well because obviously that's a touchdown. Then your next key numbers are at 10, 17, or 14, 17, 20, 20. You know, it's yeah. it kind of mm-hmm. goes to yeah. me. It's all about key numbers of football, basketball. Yeah. I don't really think there's it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. In no.
0: basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two. two is your only key number because one bucket wins it. You see what I'm saying? Like that's I don't think that's a thing in, in, in basketball. One game that, that I am going to be looking forward to watching, and I'm not sure why, um, maybe it's because of the, the NFC South hate, um, I have Cardinals minus two in Carolina.
1: I actually have Cardinals money line in this game. So mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. And I don't think Kyle Allen's getting it done here on the road. I liked what I've seen so far from this offense with the Cardinals. And, you know, I think the fans, honestly, will be kind of pumped. You know, they were competitive yep. last week against the Ravens. I mean, I don't think they're going to lose every single game. They're not that bad. I think this they've been better than I, I thought they would be. I, I think this team, too, seeing Cam Newton out, kind of believes in themselves that this is a game that they can win here. And I think that they're going to go all out here and really try to win this game. Hard. I think the mm-hmm. Panthers have a good defense. So you know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that Panthers defense keeps them in this one down to the down to the wire. But. I don't hate laying on the spread at minus two because, like mm. we said about the key numbers, key but numbers. I just went ahead and took the money line at 130. I'm not going to leave anything up to a spread's chance when I can get a 130 price on a money line.
0: Yeah. Um, my riskiest bet of the week, I think, is um Steve's money line. I'm not. Um, the 49ers ha- have had a really good showing the past um, two weeks, especially week one against the bucks. Um, I think it's about time to come back to Earth. I. The 49ers ha- have, a, have a pretty good little laundry list of injuries. Um, Steelers, and this is kind of why I'm asking your opinion, do you think that um, Mason Rudolph can kind of, because he didn't look bad in the, in the half game last week, but he also didn't look like anybody who could push the ball forward enough to get distance. Um, just purely situationally, this is my favorite road dog of the week, except for the Falcons, of course. Um, I'm going to play Steelers line to see what happens. Um,
1: I'm actually going to agree with you here on this one. I got Steelers plus six and a half is one of my plays this week. Feel pretty good about that one. Yep. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I really like the spot here for Pittsburgh. I think Mason Rudolph's a guy who can actually move the ball down the field. And I think, if anything, the Steelers trading that first-round pick for Mika Fitzpatrick to the Dolphins says the Steelers are confident they're Mason not, Rudolph, you know?
0: They're, they're not going to roll over and die. They're going to actually try to salvage yeah, a little bit of a season. Yeah, because if they are going to roll over
1: and die, they'd be using that first-round pick, you know, to get mm-hmm. – this is a pretty quarterback-heavy draft. or You know, yep. the, they would want to use a high draft pick like that. But mm-hmm. instead they said – Screw it! We'll give it away. We'll get Mika Fitzpatrick, I think is a great move. By the way, because you know Fitzpatrick's the seventh overall pick yeah. in draft lat mm-hmm. or two years ago. So
0: if he can I sure up his coverage, him. he'll be good. He'll, he'll be really good in Pittsburgh, and I think Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin and uh, a few of the defensive gurus they got over there, this is a good spot for him to really improve his game.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I agree with you completely. I like the pickup here, for Fitzpatrick. Plus, I don't think San Francisco is ready to beat anybody by that much. I no. think San Francisco wins the game ultimately, but. I don't think they win by that great of a margin I've got, I'm, I'm on, um, the Steelers plus six and a half in this spot.
0: Cool. So, so, so you love, uh, trends. I love concepts. You're more of a numbers kind of tangible data kind of guy. I'm more of a, tr- um, concepts and less tangible kind of feelings kind of person. Number one, I don't think, um, the Steelers will be three in, or oh and three. I don't think the league would even allow that. i if mm-hmm. you're, 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 you, you have to pull it up for me. I'm not quite sure the last time the Steelers was even went 0-3 to start a season. Um, and plus, all the rumblings last year around uh, Mike Tomlin losing his job, I think he's coaching for his job at this point. I don't think that he's going to try to roll over and die at all. I I, I love your play. I, mine's a little bit more risky. I'll probably play yours instead at minus six and a half.
1: Yeah, you might as well. I call it doing a half bet, which I do a lot in the NBA. If a t if a dog I likes it plus four, then I'll take I'll do half the bet on the dog plus mm-hmm. four. Then I'll do the other half, or I might do like seventy five percent of the bet on the on the spread, and then do the other twenty five percent on the uh, money line. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or the opposite with a favorite, you know, I might do fit half and half or something yep. like that. Million but, percent. but I mean, I definitely do like to have trends and numbers that can help me out when it comes to betting. But at the same time. There's also a lot of logic and things like that that have to go into games too. You know, like the Warriors could be undefeated against the spread against someone, but all their key players are, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it comes, there's a lot yeah. of th- factors that you have to take into it. Like, for example, in college, the thing I care about the most is who the last team you played is and who the next is. If you're coming off a huge mm-hmm. win and then you have a, or like, let's say you have, let's say that like. You're playing. Uh, you're on the road. At, you're you're basically playing a road game in a college football game. And next week, you got Alabama and your LSU. You know, you're probably going to look past that team. I might take the other team, plus mm-hmm. to cover 35 points. You know, or yep. whatever it is. But yeah, no, I I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I I take a lot of things into account, but I definitely do like to have my numbers to back me up.
0: Yeah. Um, so speaking of college football, that's a great segue, my man. That's why we love you. Um, we're going to play a few games tonight, so we're just going to kind of get these picks out so any, any early listeners can get these in and for proof that we actually watch the games tomorrow. Um, tonight, I love Utah minus four. What do you think?
1: Um, I took Utah line. I ripped it because I saw it come down to, it was at 165 with a place where i on the shop I bet at. So I was like, I was like, honestly, I'll forget the points here and and lay on that. So you made a I good decision. A it's
0: at 180
1: now. Oh, really? I yeah, yeah, I feel even better about that now. See, yeah. I saw the I saw it go back to four after going down to three and a half. I saw it went back to four. Um, I know a lot of people are, are high on Keenan Slovis. I'm I'm still want to see a little bit more out of him here. Look, USC. In my opinion, I mean, they lost to BYU. I don't think that's a horrible loss. No, Tough it's not. Environment to go into a play, and you know, everybody, everybody in the Pac-12 wants to beat USC because, yeah, I mean, shit, they used to run that conference, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah. Um, I think Utah. They have the best defense in the Pac-12. They can really slow the game down. I like Tyler Huntley and their running back Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss is the next level NFL talent. Everyone should be on the lookout for. Ultimately. I think we're going to cover this one. I'm 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 actually very excited to watch this game. You know, it's I think Me it's too. a fun
0: one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing that I will say is um, this is the first time that Clay Helton and the USC Trojans in his tenure has played three top twenty-five teams in a row or something. No, there were there was some, something kind of tangible like that, and um, I think this is going to be a really tough stretch for him. So um, I'm I'm humongous on Utah here. I think Utah this is the best team they've had in a few years. Um, especially defensively and on both lines, um, I'm I'm loving Utah minus four right here. But I think you're right. This is gonna be a great game to play. Um, I also have. Um, also, F- F- go ahead. Wait, let me say this real quick. Also, you,
1: Clay Helton's two and nine straight up is an underdog in his career, and I really want to. Oh, I really want to remember what the nickname is. The Utah defense—it's great. I'm tr- I can't remember what it is though. It's like the—it's something that has to do with the state of Utah though. It's hilarious. I can't remember what it is. I don't know if you knew it or not, but
0: uh, maybe I do. Anyway, I continue. It, if I heard it, I, I would know. I'm also pretty big on FIU plus a seven and a half tonight. Um, Louisiana Tech isn't necessarily a great team. They don't really run up points that much. Um, F- FIU is a kind of like a Dan Quinn coach of defense. They're not very big, but they're pretty physical and they're fast. So I really love them to, to, you know, shade the whole touchdown today. If they if they lose by a touchdown, you still cover it seven and a half.
1: Um, I actually – I, I remember what it is now. Sack Lake City.
0: Lake, Sack Lake City. You got Swat Lake City for the Jazz. You got Sack Lake City for the Utes.
1: Yeah, anyway, what, what game did you say? FIU and – FIU
0: and Tech. I have n-
1: – I, all I know – is FIU brought a lot of starters back. People were high on them this mm-hmm. season. They vastly underperformed. I really have no opinions on this game. Well, too game. late murdered them in that it.
0: first game. Murdered them. Absolutely murdered. Um, I'm going to play plus seven and a half to see what happens for FIU, because I, I I know they're a more talented team than than what the line is, so I'm, I'm going to hope they play like it. Last game tonight is Air Force versus Boise State. Anything?
1: Um, I personally didn't take any action on this game. I lean though with Air Force plus the points. I believe it's at Me like too. eight and a half or eight or something like that. Like I, I, personally don't like um laying points against triple option teams. They slow the game down, give you less possessions. You know, they make you have to. They can really keep your offense on the sidelines and kind of keep them cold. You know, they can control the whole game. And I think they're tough teams to play against. Air Force though is coming off a big time upset last week at Colorado, yep. and also another thing <coughs> to keep in mind. State's actually horrible laying points at home. They're not. They're not very good ATS when they're playing at home on that blue turf. It's mostly because those spreads just get blown out of proportion from them dominating so much. I don't know if the oddsmakers have come have really like you know figured this out a little bit more. So I'm just going to stay away from it. But I have seen a lot of people I trust backing them this week.
0: So um, the one thing that I'll say about Air Force is they're two and zero, and they have two quality wins so far this season. Last week against Colorado, and um, Colorado wasn't a bad team either. They had a humongous win over Colorado State, first game of the season, and then beat who? Nebraska or something? It was it was it was was something like that. Um, So I'm high on Air Force tonight, and let's just go ahead and use some numbers because me and you love fading the public. That's one thing that we talk about all the time: public are idiots, and so are we. Oh yeah, you know. So um, only forty percent of the money with them on Utah. Yep, we we are on Utah. Um, only forty percent of the money went to the spread for Air Force, and then only twenty percent bet on the money line. I, I I think for fun, I'm gonna take Air Force money line tonight. See what happens.
1: Hey, you might as well. Might I don't necessarily well. know if they'll cover. I think they'll cover. I don't know if you'll win that no, one outright. No, 100%. But I think you should have a decent chance at it. So yes, me too. You know, I'm still kind of lo- I'm still kind of looking for uh, Boise to come back to Earth after beating Florida State, a game I don't even want to talk about. But I know. <laughs> so but, you know.
0: So there's four games that I want to kind of preview tomorrow before we get out of here. We'll do MLB playoff race next week whenever we have all the all the games kind of cemented, you know. Um, Michigan plus three. What do you think about Michigan plus three going into – is it home or away? Let me look, let me look, let me look. Oh, it's actually in Wisconsin. I uh, Michigan's plus three and a half right now. It moved since I uh, wrote this down. I'm loving Michigan plus three and a half here <clears throat> in Wisconsin, in Madison.
1: So, all the numbers point towards Wisconsin. They've been very good against the spread, especially at home against Michigan. Um, I actually think that, you know, the public is heavy on Wisconsin here at Mm -hmm. home. And, you know, Wisconsin's ranked 13th, and Michigan's ranked ranked, uh, 11th here, so that's kind of another red flag, too. But I actually I, – I, so I tried to bet this game all week. I went back and forth with myself, and I just mm-hmm. said, you know what, if you can't make your mind up that much, you're not touching this game. So I didn't touch it. Mm-hmm. But I actually lean with Michigan in the points here. Look, I think Michigan's kind of hidden some of their offense away. They've still been trying to figure out what they want to do. Harbaugh finally turned all the offense over. I cannot remember the offensive coordinator's name right now. I'll look it up as we're talking here.
0: That's a great take but, because, um, because I'm, I'm looking right here. Um, Michigan has more points per game than Wisconsin on on I think twenty less passing attempts per game or fifteen less passing attempts per game on ten less completions per game and then almost seventy five passing yards per game. So their offense is what, you said more Michigan has more you said Michigan has more points than Wisconsin? More points on Oh no 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 no! Oh, okay, it was inverted. They they used opposite colors for the team logos, bastards. Yeah, I
1: was about to say. Yeah yeah Wisconsin yeah. Idiots. Put up like hundred and ten points the first two games. Yeah yeah no never mind. But I mean, they were beating up on trash teams though. I don't value any of those teams. Look, Michigan did struggle. I mean, they turned the ball over a, a good bit in that uh in that um in the Army game, and then you know they just never really got going well in that uh, Middle Tennessee State game. I would argue though that they're kind of going vanilla and they're trying to yeah. save things in their offense. Plus, I also I mean, so Josh Gaddis is their new offensive coordinator. He's the guy from Alabama, the wide receivers coach. They're kind of oh, nice. trying to you know get a better, yeah, get more of a spread offense in here. Yeah. And they did just have a, both teams are coming off a bye week, so they're both going to be well prepared for each other. I would actually probably lean towards maybe playing the under here, but Michigan's getting an offensive lineback back, and they're getting their big wide receiver Peoples Jones back on the edge. I, I mean, I'm just saying, Michigan, I mean, with a higher-ranked team, when the public's all over the other side and it's the higher-ranked team here, I would Fade lean it. towards Michigan points. I'm not betting it, though.
0: I, I, I am going to bet it. I, I'm going to go plus three and a half. This is a great conversation me and you just had. So, I know the game that me and you disagree on vehemently is um, – and, and, and this is the only one that I actually have, like, a real numbers Penland trend for you. Um, Auburn going into Kyle Field and College Station. Uh, Auburn Auburn's plus four right now. And I'm going to play the money line at plus 155. Let me tell you this. The visitors in this Auburn-Texas A&M um, series in the last seven years since Texas A&M has been in the SEC, the visitors are 6-1. and one. So if Auburn goes to Texas A&M and they're a the visitor, the trend says they'll win. If Texas A&M goes to Auburn, says they'll win.
1: I like that trend. That's a good trend there. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally don't buy into Bo Nix. I thought they he got extremely fortunate in that Oregon game, in a game that Oregon was basically like, like we don't want this game here. Y'all yep. take it. And Y'all take it. it. You know, Bo Nix is, is almost like the um, – He looked bad against Tulane. I'll just
0: go ahead and say that. They had to put in uh, Hastings to throw a few passes, and they had to put in like two different quarterbacks outside of Bo Nix.
1: What's the wrestler's name? Oh, the Undertaker. He reminds you yeah. reminded me of the Undertaker when he pops out of that coffin. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it reminded me of when uh, Bo Nix won that game for him. Yeah. I'm not. Imp- I'm not impressed with anything I've seen from Bo Nix, and I don't think he's played well in the Kent State game and in the uh, who was the other? And Tulane. I believe the Tulane. Yeah, Tulane. yeah, Tulane. I did not think he, he played looked like shit against Tulane. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't buy Bo Nix here. Um, it's his first true SEC road game. I like Kellen Mond a lot. I mean, shit. Kellen Mond is well really good Clemson, at
0: home. Kellen Mond is quarter super good had, at home.
1: Yeah, and no quarterbacks played well against Clemson. I mean, no, even last not. year when they had the great defense and this year, Tua even struggled against them. Ian Book looked mm-hmm. like he wasn't even a college quarterback yeah. when he played them last year in the Final Four. I'm on Texas A&M here. I think they bounce back big and get a big-time win here in
0: the SEC. 57% of the money is on uh, Tam U spread. And then, okay. um, uh, the over is 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 a pretty favorable favorite, you know. There's like almost sixty five percent of the money on on my bookie on the over. And then,
1: really, yeah. See, and I see it opened at fifty one, and it's at 48. forty eight. Yeah, I
0: see, I see, I see forty seven and a half pump right pump. now. Okay, no, it's it, it, it's it's hard on over on this side. And then the Auburn money line is 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 pretty big. It's sixty five percent Auburn money line.
1: Interesting. See, um, the other thing I, so I'll go, actually, what's the other game you want to talk about?
0: Uh, the other game I want to talk about is, uh, or, or, or there's two of them. It's, uh, first one is not not really that important. UCLA, UCLA plus 19 and a half versus Washington State. Washington State didn't look that impressive to me last week, so I think, I think I'm going to take UCLA just to kind of keep it within 20 points.
1: So, I would actually disagree with you that they didn't look that, that good last week, and Houston? I think yeah, I mean, I watched that whole game because I had big money on Washington State. I was furious watching know, that game. Too. That was another one of the pull-your-hair-out. I mean, they yep. get first down and goal. We're up 11 points. You get first down and goal from the four-yard line with, like, three minutes left. Score three times in a row, yet it all gets called back for penalties up <laughs> picking a field goal, then mm-hmm. trash-time touchdown comes down by Houston. You know, I was – man, I was furious about that one. But um, I actually like the Cougs here. I think that Mike Leach and, uh, Al- and Anthony Gordon, his – Quarterback here, I mean, lead the lead the NCAA again in pass yards. I also think that Borgie, their running back. I think he does a good job of getting open and running the ball. I think Washington State's going to put the foot on the gas all night. Plus, UCLA's only scored 14 points in their first three games, and they look absolutely pathetic. I don't think Chip Kelly has any clue whatsoever what he's no, doing. Not, I look for the – I think is going to get run up on UCLA, actually, this game. I think Chip Kelly – I mean, I think that uh, Mike Leach kind of la- – I honestly could see the final score of this game being like 56-14. to 14. I think it's going to be bad.
0: Okay, I, that's kind of why I wanted to ask your opinion because I know UCLA is, is, is very shitty, like pretty fucking shitty. But um, for a lesser Washington State team that we've seen in the past, I wondered if UCLA was going to cover. But um, Yeah, well, I will you, say this, I though.
1: Like, I would, if DTR had looked decent throwing the ball and playing, I would kind of say, you know what, take it. It's a lot of points here. But I mean, DTR looks absolutely horrible. Like he doesn't even look like he's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, he did. I don't even know how he got a scholarship to UCLA. He looks that bad. So I mean, yeah. I would. I say there's no way you can play on him here.
0: Um, the, the only way this doesn't happen is if they kind of do look ahead because Washington State has a very, very, very tough schedule this year. Um, they have to go play Arizona State. Have to go to Utah uh, next week. Stanford, Washington, Oregon State, Cal, who's way better this year than we thought. Um. The only, the only way that UCLA covers is the Washington State's looking ahead. But the last game that I want to talk about is the um, game that everyone is kind of pegging as the best game of the night, even though I think the best game of the day is going to be Auburn versus Texas A&M. But um, I – is – me and you live in what, Georgia. Flor- Louisville, Louisville, Florida State, is that the one you yeah, want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, actually, <laughs> that, that, actually that, that was the premier matchup that I actually had my eyes set on. Now, me <laughs> – Me and you live in the state of Georgia, and me and you, from what I can tell by your statements, just in passing, not even on this podcast, but just kind of talking shit, we hate the University of Georgia. We hate their fans. We think they're dumb rednecks. We don't love the build of the team. We like Kirby Smart. We don't love him. He's not the guy. He's not going to get you to the next level. He'll get you to the level, but not above the next level. Um Notre Dame's plus 14.5. That's like an immortal lock, right? Like They're not going to get embarrassed like that. It's in Athens, I know that. It's on college game day. Uh, but 14.5, you've got to take that, right, for Notre Dame?
1: Ooh, I'm actually, look, I hate the dogs. I disagree with you on the Kirby Smart statement. I think Kirby Smart can take Georgia to the next level. He already had taken them farther than Mark Rick's ever Yeah, been. way
0: farther, yeah, yeah. I actually
1: think the dogs are going to whoop Notre Dame's ass in this game. You think so? This is why. Georgia outweighs them by 60 pounds ahead on the offensive line. Notre Dame is ranked 20, like is in number one being the worst run defense in the nation. They're ranked 25th, giving up five yards per carry. Um, I think that Georgia, you know, their bread and butter is running the football. I think they're going to run the ball down Notre Dame's throat all night Mm -hmm. on top of those facts. Ian Book is a horrible passer. I don't care what yes. anyone says. I've watched Notre play he's a bad. lot of games with this team. Mm-hmm. I think Ian Book is an awful passer. I he's mean, not I've good. watched Ian Book play against the Wake Forest. I've watched him play against the big games and the small games. I mean, when he's throwing these complete passes against teams like Wake Forest, because he's got these huge receivers against these awful corners, you know, where they're catching the balls that are behind him and it's no problem. When he played Louisville and Clemson, those teams stopped all this because they actually have decent cover corners, and he could not complete a pass at all. He's going to be running around for his life back there. I think Georgia brings the heat and brings the pressure. I think he's going to be on his ass all game long. I think the dogs blow him out and slaughter Notre Dame in this one.
0: It was first game of last year where they traveled to Notre Dame and played them on primetime. Georgia did week two. Week two. Um, yeah. What was the final score of that game? 30-28. 20, Twenty-two or some shit like that. Like it was like kind of close. close.
1: Georgia scored at like the very end of the game to win. Basically,
0: is is Georgia that that much better of a team now than they were then?
1: Absolutely, I think they are because they believe more in themselves. They're also at home. I would argue that Wimbush was a little bit. I thought Wimbush was a little bit better than Ian Book personally. Yeah, way,
0: also, I, I, I think oh, way.
1: Brom's a, a junior now and not a senior. I mean, that was from first real start. Yeah, that was from like that was from he played App State the week before that. So you know, I think this team's come a long way since then. Georgia's played in big games before. Notre Dame's only crumbled in them. I know. Look, we were saying, oh, it's Notre Dame another. Also, I actually do have a stat. I don't have it on the top of my head. Oh, oh, I actually do remember on the, off the top of my head. So, when teams that are both ranked in the top ten play each other, and one team is over a ten point favorite against the other, the favorite is thirteen and two against the spread. Really?
0: Is that just just this year?
1: No, that's in that's in the history of college football. Since like I think two thousand, since like two thousand or something like that. Since they kept third ranked,
0: yeah, yeah. So so two
1: top, if two top ten teams play each other, and one team's favored by more than ten points, that team that's favored by more than ten points is thirteen and two ATS.
0: Holy shit! I and I guess I kind of just disassociated for a second because I thought that there would be more than fifteen top ten teams that play each other. You see what I'm saying? Like. I didn't yeah, write. it's it's yeah.
1: just it's just if they're over a ten point favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: okay. yeah. See that yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. happen very often. Yeah, it does. Know. It doesn't. Yeah, and, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, so let's say that I put a gun to your head. You're saying Georgia's going to cover the fourteen and a half.
1: That's my most confident bet this weekend. I will go against in, you in college football because
0: because right now we got sixty five percent of these rednecks in Georgia taking UGA minus fourteen and a half. Um, the over under is pretty even at 52-48. And uh money line is at, you know, eighty percent to twenty, which we know George hey, is, we I know George is gonna win. But
1: if I were to say I'm just gonna say this in your favor, if there's any sport, sport to fade me on, it's college football. College football is easily my oh, worst, me too. worst betting sport. Me too in baseball. College football is my worst <laughs> betting sport. So if yeah. you're if you're gonna fade me in any sport, I'd say college football, but I think I finally figured this thing out a little bit. I'm, I'm over – I'm way – I'm at about 60% after week one. Week one, I went nine and 14. But since I think I might have pulled the trigger too much, seeing football is back, got a little bit Yeah, happy, yeah, but yeah, of course. I think I've figured it out now.
0: Well, you're not very great in week ones in any sport, are you? Because we have to uh, kind of wait for trends to play out. We have to kind of wait for feels to kind of – you see what I'm saying? like We have to kind of wait to see who teams I do, are.
1: I did good NFL week one. I mean, it's just more so – I think I'm – I don't know. I think I have a better ha- – you will See, the thing is for college is you have all these new freshmen that come in that we've
0: never even seen play never before. Seen. They could be good. They could be bad.
1: Yeah, you kind of have an opinion of what you think is going to happen, but you really don't know that much mm-hmm. about the teams. I feel like – I mean, even still, like I feel like we're figuring things out. By like week we are. six, I think it'll be better. I'll say this, though. For college football, any bets that I lose, I promise you will get it all back times 10 in bowl season. Bowl season, I eat every single year. Cause oh, we yeah, dude, you know were awesome I'm in
0: bowl bad. season last year.
1: Bro, that? You were season, eating. I mean, Bro, bull season. I I live for bull season, man. That's my. I think that's my best time of betting because we know the NFL teams by then. We know all the college teams, mm-hmm. NBA. We've had about a thirty game sample size, so we know what we're getting. I think the bull season. I think that month of December is my best betting month. Period.
0: Because uh, NBA, um, there's still international soccer going on. Yeah, I, I I I'd be willing to agree. That is that is one of the best times to 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 bet because I'll be at like at my parents' house in in Cartersville in the fucking woods. Like, I, like, I'm having to, like, run outside to get internet service to make a bet, then I run back inside to watch Drake TV to watch the game. And I love watching <laughs> the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, it, it, it's fun to watch. And it's even more fun to bet on because you don't have a, a horse in the race, so it's that much more yeah, fun.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, Thomas Penland, um, we're at right in an hour right now. That was awesome. Me and you didn't get off track at all. This is probably one of the best episodes that I've – one of my favorites that I've done with you because – you actually kind of got me using numbers a little bit. We got trends, we got numbers, we got concepts. We hit three different sports in a in a, in a real good way. Um, I'm going to have to text you during the Notre Dame game, and um, I'll talk shit to you and the Auburn game. Those are our two big rival games this week. Um, I love
1: those, it. I love it. Those,
0: those are the games that me and you are going to differ on, and that, that's what I like. But uh, tell the people where we can find you at.
1: Yeah, well, real quick, the good thing is Cohen – one of us is going to win money. One of us is going to win. So
0: we, we can't both lose, can we? Yeah, that's
1: a with good our thing. Lug, One we, of us is going to win. With it our
0: luck, maybe, but pr- probably not.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll probably find some sort of middle ground. But Game y'all, can gets called me
0: yeah,
1: y'all can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at um, TP3Wins, and y'all can follow me on Instagram at uh, TP3Bets. So get at me, guys. Let me know. Tell me I'm an idiot. Tell me my bets suck. Tell me Anything, something. I love hearing feedback. Tell me
0: yeah, something. tell me something. So, um, Thomas Pinland w- with Jeremy Coon right now uh, is actually leading the Daily Degenerate Pick'em contest. I think they both have eighteen wins. I think I think Pinland has a push, though. Is that right? Like you had a push, that kind of. Maybe I can't
1: even. Honestly, last week I did really good on the games I bet on, but I remember every single game I didn't bet on. No, you lost. So yeah, I was okay, kind of okay. glad that I didn't yeah. bet on those.
0: So that's a self-fulfilling that nice. prophecy. Um, but yeah. him and him and Jeremy both have eighteen wins so far. I'm right behind them with 17, so we're all doing pretty good. We There were a few of us that had a bad week one, but all of us have, have kind of gotten really close to 500 and above 500 in week two. Um, we're going to release week three. You know, I know I waited a little bit too long. It's Friday now, and I, wait. I just now put it up on Facebook and Instagram, but I'll do a better job th- this week. I had a busy week this week, so week three I'll put up Tuesday or so whenever the last game gets played. I already have all their picks in, so, that's, so they're not cheating. You know, they're not telling me, oh, yeah, I had uh, – you know the Titans. You know, or, or, you know they're they're not trying to you know fuck me over. So we know who's doing that. Yeah, work. let me let me send you all my all my picks
1: Tuesday night at midnight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, dude, Penland went sixteen and zero. Hell yeah, dude, that's a hell of a fucking week. But uh, we'll be putting that up. We'll be hitting us up. Join the Facebook group if you haven't yet. Reach out to me. Reach out to somebody. We'll get, we'll send you the link, Send you an invite. Uh, you can find me Cohen underscore Hughes on on Instagram. I don't do Twitter. That's the echo chamber for the idiots. I used to be one of those idiots. Um, Facebook, I'm pretty big on because you can do long posts and you can kind of interact with a hell of people. Um, other than that, you can follow the Instagram for the podcast and the Twitter at TDD pod. Um, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 107. Good luck to you this week. I hope your bets hit. I hope mine hit even more. Um, thanks for listening. Tell us what you think. Y'all have a good day.